0: see you there something big is going on here from
1: hunting ghosts to bigfoot paranormal ufos true crime and more
0: we won't just be spouting articles i was researching for your entertainment beginning of a new world (laughs) the
1: best guac you'll ever fucking eat true story
0: it's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches this This is the black Black cat report see you on the other side Hello everyone and welcome to episode 33 of the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil and I'm here with the international Betsube.
1: Hola.
0: (laughs) The irreplaceable Selena. Hello. Now, if you love having your hair raised, we got a treat for you. Joining us tonight is a man who's dedicated himself to making it a habit of investigating what goes bump in the night. Paranormal investigator Ron, AKA Grave Evidence. Ron, how the hell are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing well, thank you. And you? Doing all right. Doing good. I've been excited about this interview for a while. I know, like, you were honestly one of our... um, First followers on Instagram, first fans. I think in our initial like, you know, excitement of getting promo stickers made, you were one of the first people that was like, "Hey stranger, here's my address," <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> right. Sent it to you, and we had the very distinct honor. We yeah. have the very distinct honor of actually having our sticker on some of your gear. So it's it's, it's mm-hmm. been a long and time,
1: and we coming. didn't even steal your identity. <laughs> we didn't
0: steal
2: your identity. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean I don't care. That's...
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you wouldn't be shooting much to be honest with you anyway. That's You're
1: like, of... well it was a pretty good sticker.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> how I felt like at parts of my life where it's just like if somebody stole my identity, I'm like, I wish they would. <laughs> just right? Go ahead, just grab that. Have fun with my dick. Go for it, homie. Um Yeah, I wouldn't mind either. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. Um... Well, well, Ron, uh, I'd really like to start off the show by by digging into your background a little, if that's all right. Um, yeah, that's true. I know from listening to a few other shows that you've been on um, that you were pretty young when the paranormal first reached out to you, right? So, yeah. so I'd like to ask, when did you first reach back? Right? So, when did you start chasing after the monster in the closet?
2: It would have had to been when I was about like seven years old. I mean, I always had stuff happen that was unexplainable
3: mm-hmm.
2: at that, and it was, you know, and like you said, you've you've heard me talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was a no no in our, in my family, so there was nobody I could question about it. But basically, the main thing was with my with my cousin when she got she got shot, and she actually came to my room that night and sat down on the bed next to me and told me that everything was going to be fine, you know, because my, my mother had sent us, the neighbor had come down and told us that, you know, there was an accident. And, you know, so my mom sent my sister and myself to our room so we wouldn't hear all the gory details, I guess. Yeah. And while I was in my room playing, my cousin come into the room and sit down on the bed next to me and told me that, you know everything was going to be okay. You know, there was not nothing to worry about or get excited about. She wasn't hurting anymore. And, you know, everything would be fine. Well, just as soon as, as the way she came in, she was gone. You know, after she told me that, she literally, the bed literally went down when she sat down next to me. Yeah. And she had told me that she had been, because I asked her, I said, well, what happened to you? You know, I there was an accident is what, what we were told. And she said, no, she was shot. (laughs) Well, excuse me. The next morning I had gotten up and my mom was out in the living room and crying and carrying on. And I climbed up in her lap and told her, I said, everything's going to be fine. You know, I talked to her, everything's fine. And she said she was, you know, just in disbelief and was like, no, you didn't talk to her. And I said, yeah, I did. I said she told me she had been shot. Well, my mom didn't tell me she would, had been shot. Yeah. You know, was when she sent us into the bedroom, it was there was an accident. Well, needless to say, that was like I said, something that we didn't talk about. You know, so I ended up getting getting my ass beat for it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because it, you just and you know, and the worst part about all that is, truth be told, my my mother had gifts as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was just not something you talked about in my family. <laughs> so,
0: so would you say? And I mean, I'd imagine. Well, well, first, uh, uh, what age were you at? Did you did you say what age you were? I was
3: seven, seven years old. At seven that years time.
2: old. Damn. So, but that's when, that's when it really, really got piqued my interest on it. You know, of how it could be, and and, and of course, I still didn't get answers at that time either because you didn't talk about it
0: yeah you know so so you said like um so being sensitive having a gift and and you said that your mom also had this right um
2: she she definitely did
0: yeah she definitely did. she always knew when i was
2: screwing up <laughs> <laughs> she always
0: <knew>. so <laughs> <There laughs> no it, it was know. like that having that that mom's sixth sense, but like heightened just that much extra.
2: <laughs> well, you know don't, don't ever let anybody tell you that 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 shit ain't true because it is true. It really is. Yes.
0: <laughs> I I one hundred percent believe it. I still quite a few times. Um, I'm thinking about doing something stupid, and my mom gives me a call out of nowhere, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> like four right. states over. Come on now. <laughs> um, well, exactly. Okay, so. All right so so with that uh kinda kind of building a little bit from that um when did you start uh investigating when did this go from something where you know uh, obviously at our early age at seven you realized that you know you were sensitive to these things you you saw a full body apparition, you know <laughs> uh, like in your room, sit down on the bed, had a conversation, all these things um when when did the switch flip when did you go from i guess um if you can say it in this in this case, but to passively experience or receive, I should say, passively like receiving these types of experiences to actively pursuing these experiences. How about what age and what what was that like?
2: Well, uh, you know, and like I said, it, it it always piqued my interest, and then with nobody explaining anything, that made it even more interesting to me. Yeah. So I mean, I always always looked for it, but I can't say I found it. Until I was right around, I don't know, 22, 23 years old. That's when I actually actively would go places that I shouldn't be, but I'd be walking around, you know, because they're abandoned. And, you know, I could definitely be put away for trespassing. <laughs> but just with the histories, you know, and, and, and it was always the spooky stories, you know, of, well, this 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 priest molested a bunch of young children and mm-hmm. you know and and they closed it closed it down because of that and which is that's actually a, a real story it's a i can't remember the name of it but it's a catholic school in crown point here in indiana
1: i'm sure it's one um, of many
2: right right yeah, yeah. well and sadly that well, I mean, I had been there a couple times, and I'd always felt like I was being watched, walking around. Of course, now there was no such thing as a spirit box back then. You know, there was, you walked around with a big tape recorder with a microphone, you know, yeah. and a multimeter, pretty much it. And yourself wondering, you know, who's looking at me? You know? yeah. <laughs> but when, when I actively had a, from, from, the reason why I brought that place up is because that was the next place I actively seen, you know, actually scared the shit out of me, because I was I was just coming out of out of the main chapel into I don't know I I guess you would call it a rectory or something I think it was the, like the pastor's room or something, and I felt some something behind me, you know I, I I like I said I every time I went there I always knew something was watching me but I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. Or never could find anything. You know, I would get like little odd noises or whatnot, but no real voices.
3: Yeah.
2: And then I had felt something behind me and I turned around and I was rushed. It was, you know, in, in Hollywood, Hollywood's got this all glorified and, you know, all wrong because you very rarely see a spirit in death state. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, I guess I could kind of say I did see that one in Death State, but it wasn't gory. You know, it just, it was black eyes, black spots where the nose was, and the mouth was black, and it was like the skin was all pulled back, but it just, like, rushed me right up in my face.
1: Oh,
3: yeah. And then wow. that,
2: that quick, it won. Oh, my <clears throat> God. And the reason why that place is kind of significant yeah. is because after, with it being a Catholic school, there was... I don't know how many people that broke in and were doing satanic rituals and whatnot there, which is another reason why it intrigued me to go see it, you know, because of the stories that had, had come
0: from there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. So when you say run, when you say run, just kind of you, barrel roll, yeah. like what? All right, so so I'm picturing you know apparition, literally like coming, you know, like inches from your face, kind of a situation, like what could you, I guess for our listeners, um, could you, could you kind of bring us to the room? Like you're, you're walking around what you said was probably like a priest's room or something like that. Was it like you turn and look to the doorway or like how, how did this transpire? Well,
2: you know how the, the hair on the back of your neck, Mm -hmm. when somebody's staring at you, yeah. You know, it, it you you know you get that little tingle in your neck, like mm-hmm. somebody's watching you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: you'll turn around. That's what happened. I was just coming out of the main church, going into that pastor's room or whatever you want to call it, and it felt, you know, and like I said, I felt like somebody had been watching me anyway. Yeah. But it got real strong. You know, it made the hair on my arms stand up. And it was like almost like I could feel it on my neck, breathing on my neck. So I turned around, and when I turned around, it was in my face. It just that quick in my face, you know. And it was, of course. Now I believe that if you show it fear, that that feeds spirits.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And of course, I was
0: terrified. <laughs> I was going to Brown Shorts Club right then. Yeah, so that, that had a full belly at that point is what you're trying to say. Understandably. <laughs> it, was,
2: it, it was just like the, from the chest, right below the chest, up. Damn. Nothing else. And it zipped right in my face. You know, and there was no noise. There was no, you know, no voice, no nothing. It was just in my face and then disappeared. You know, if you can imagine that. But I mean that didn't deter me. Mm-hmm. It deterred me from that night. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, I was done
0: then. That was yeah. You got to go home
1: that. and have a beer after that. <laughs> <laughs> have <a> beer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is this is something. Um, this is something I've you know I've experienced personally with my own transition. Um, in life into kind of getting into the paranormal. Um, and these sorts of things, and, and I've heard from so many other folks, um, where it's, you have these, these paradigm-shifting moments, right, in your life, where something is so visual, right, it's so, it's so in your face, it's so real, and so against what we're conditioned to believe, conditioned to think of, conditioned to accept, right, that it quickly becomes a hobby, uh, after becoming an immediate interest, it doesn't matter if it scares the shit out of you or not. Like it just, it's it's just that 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 spot you can't scratch. You know, it's that thing you can't itch, and it will just remain there, and it'll keep pulling at you. And it's it's the same thing that um, that we see gets folks into you know hunting Bigfoot you know, um, hunting, I don't know, the Loch Ness monster into, into aliens and contact. It's any, any sort of that kind of like brush or that break with expectations. I guess once your reality kind of like breaks, you know, you're just looking to kind of find some answers there so you can kind of put the cap back on so you can collect all the pieces and at least get a view. But like until then, you, you can't get away from it. And. But but with that said, I I did want to ask so, and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit. How, like how how soon after entering a building or or a structure or wherever you're at, um, would you say that you know that you like that you feel it? Where like if you walk into a place, there's there's a lot of stories about it being haunted or this or that or the other. You walk in and you're just like, nope, and just walk out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or do you walk into a place and you're just like, yep. Like and and more specifically, what are those sensations? What what do you experience when it is when it is a yes? Um,
2: well, I mean, since I've, I've actually I've gotten more in tune with that myself, you know, and I can, I I it it doesn't scare me anymore. I mean, honestly, I I it it just doesn't scare me, you know. It the more it's creepy like that the better, I'm, better off I am. You know, if the hair stands up on my arm, I know I'm around a spirit because the hair on my arm will stand up or the back of my neck will stand up, you know, and that's, it's like, I don't know, the easiest way to explain it, the way it affects me is like taking a balloon and rubbing it on your hair. Yeah. You know, it's the static type effect is is the way it affects me. And when I get that, I know I'm near something that I need to communicate with or try to communicate with, you know. But yeah, and 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 it's also the fact that I'm told that this doesn't exist that brings brings me right right to it. Say, oh yes, but it does. You know, I feel it. I know it's there. I don't go by society standards.
0: Yeah. yeah, this kind of reminds me of the movie, The Sixth Sense, um, how the, the journey of the kid at the beginning, he's scared of the spirits and then he kind of like uh, grows into knowing that they're there and just embracing it and even helping them at some point.
2: Right that was actually a really good movie mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: one of my favorites
2: well, it up the big one to begin or at the end i didn't see that coming at the end
1: yes yeah,
2: really
1: <laughs> they. it was a surprise i know but then you watch it back but you watch it back after you find out and then you like look at all the scenes and you're like oh my god they did a really good job of hiding the fact that he doesn't speak to anyone except for the kid
3: right yeah yeah right. In Night okay. Channel,
0: yeah.
1: Shamelema ding dong, <laughs> yay!
3: Yeah, these are warped.
0: <laughs> So okay, so so you've been doing this for for a long time now. You've been hunting, um, looking,
2: yeah. actively investigating. I think I I would say around twenty one, twenty two years old, and I'm fifty four now. Gotcha,
0: and. And you were talking about how you've um, you've become uh, you've you've refined your craft, right? So you've you've improved over the years and like picking up in in what you need to be sensitive to the hair, you know, on your arms, the hair on the back of your neck, right? Um, obviously, you, you But even with that, I, I can't I can't imagine that it doesn't you know like you're not able to uh, tell is like is it just because this place doesn't have a roof on it and cold air just blew through? Or is it, is it one of those, is it one of those senses that are coming in? Right? Like there has to be that little, that sweet spot there. And I guess, I guess I wanted to ask, so say someone wants to become aware, right? Uh, They want to refine their sensitivity. What would you recommend and where should they start slash where should they go? And, and I'm, just coming from the angle of like you, you found something in your own life, in your own experience that you've started to refine. How did you actively start to refine that?
2: First of all, you forget everything you learned, everything you were taught, Done. and you look within yourself. You know, you have to, you have to come, come to yourself to begin with, because it, it's, it's really is a deeper understanding of of your person. You know what you actually are you know instead of just being you know uh, say a person you are an energy okay you know that's that's where pretty much where i have went with it because they're i don't know i mean i i do i do meditate you know i do i do a lot of things like that um but yeah it, straight, easy answer, forget everything you were taught, mm-hmm. you know, and trust yourself, look into yourself and find yourself, gotcha. you know, I mean, that may not be the answer. That. To...
1: And I think it's a little, gonna... I think it's a little difficult. Um, because I think it is something that not all people inherently have.
2: No, I, I don't believe they are, I don't believe everybody has it either, like they say, everybody yeah, has Yeah, like,
1: gift. it's, it's hard to be like, where can I start to get that gift? It's, a, it's a gift for a reason, like, not everyone has it, and, like, I would, like, I've seen stuff since I was a kid, too, and, like, I would have no idea how to tell people how to do it, or how to see things, or how to, you know... It's just, like, I don't know, I just do, like, hang out around me. Weird shit happens around me. (laughs) Like, you know, when my friends would come over to my house that was haunted, like, they would see stuff because my house was haunted. And, like, the doorknob would rattle, like, it was going to fall off the door, and we would be the only ones home. And they'd be like, I'm never coming over again. And I'm like, figured.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I have I have lost a few friends that because of this too, you know, because they they think I'm just batshit crazy when I I can show them proof and then they're like, yeah, you know, you're <laughs> nope, you're not on my level anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I always yeah, this I've had this conversation somewhat recently with a a, a close friend of the. Of the podcast crew here um who's who's definitely more uh religious than than we are right on the on the christian side and um and they you know they said they're they're like they're like i'm not into paranormal stuff and i'm like yes you are you go to church every sunday (laughs) like what are you talking (laughs) about like that is the uh, that is the og book on paranormal experiences like so i don't i don't ever want to hear anybody who's who's into christ say they're not into paranormal stuff that's not how it works um that is (laughs) pick a page but but i i would say what's that
1: yeah how does he make all that fish (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah yeah (laughs) and the wine
0: but oh yeah and wine too it's always the it's always been the question to me even um even before kind of like broke belief early in life um when did that stop right because we always look at um the bible or the bible's always taught or i guess how should i put this the bible is commonly digested publicly In a way in which folks look at it as always the past, always the history, just like we look at the history of of the government and assume the same thing's not happening now in different forms, because somehow (laughs) it happened back then could not be taking place today. It's all history. Right. We look at religion the same way. Right. We look at the mysteries we look at. spirits, witches, vampires, giants, uh, sea beasts, um, people rising from the dead, you know, angels coming down, the devil talking to them, demons, you know, like go on and on and on with the list, right? Um we we look at these things in the in the royal we and we just take it as like, well that was crazy. Anyways, moving on, la da 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 and somebody brings it up and they're like, "Hey, I have evidence. I've seen it. You know, I've I've gone after this, I've pursued it, I've chased it, I've witnessed. And they're like, You're crazy. Anyways, gotta get to church, right? You know. And it's just like I, I don't understand this this disconnect. Um I don't know where I'm going with that. It's not a question, more so just I needed a vent there about being like, Wait what?
2: <laughs> you know I completely agree with you. You know, that's like the book of Enoch. Have you ever read the book of Enoch?
0: Lightweight familiar.
3: Oh yes.
2: That is a book purposely left out of the Bible because it explains deep spirituality. It explains giants. Yeah. They're yeah, w- the Catholic
1: Church got rid of it.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, and and I don't mean to be getting controversial or you know any of that, but the the Bible is constantly changing because society is constantly changing, and they feel that we. Yeah. You know, we cannot handle what is actually in that, in the Bible, you know, and so they're constantly taking verses out or they're rephrasing verses. And, you know, to me, yeah, that's me, that's, excuse my French, but that's bullshit. Yeah. Also, you, know? you can cuss like
0: a sailor on the show if you want to. We're totally fine with that. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, but like the book of Enoch, yeah. you know, it. When I was told first told about that, it was like, okay, that'll answer a lot of your questions. So I get the book and I read the book. Now, yes, it answered a lot of questions that we we're told that, it, no, this is not the way it is. But it also left me with a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. Why is this omitted? You know,
3: yeah.
2: why is this not talked about when it's actually written down way back when? Yeah, You know? why are we why are we being pushed away from what actually was
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know and it leads me to wonder if uh, you know and I, like I said I don't mean to be controversial but I, it leads me to wonder why they're called the lost scrolls you know what i mean
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: why are they lost because the bible was written by man with free will and an opinion <laughs>
0: There we go. Mm-hmm. Amen. They're not even lost either. You can Google them. Like we found them. We got <laughs> them. We got them. They're right we there. We found them on <laughs> Google. We got them.
2: <laughs> what they say and what is written down it, that they say is two completely different things.
0: And to, uh, to and I'm let's run with the tangent here. I'm totally cool with this. I, I want want it to go that way. Um, uh, one of the biggest things too that like I I did a a major paper um. Uh, actually, it was like a high school dissertation that was twenty five pages but um but my but Bible translations Bible translations yeah. are one of the most fascinating things if you want to dig into this because you can find the the differences in today. like you can literally find the differences in like how the same scripture is preached in this country, in this tongue, and in another country, in another tongue. And I'm talking about down to, like, the Ten Commandments, right? (laughs) Like, adultery in Italy means to betray your best friend. It doesn't mean to cheat on your wife or on your husband or on whoever. It doesn't mean that. So when they read and they say, like, hey, this is basically unforgivable, you know, you're super screwed if you do this, it means to betray your best friend, to stab them in the back, right? yeah but somehow through through a heavy Protestant influence uh, in the us and in the English speaking world, it means you know uh, infidelity, right? Those are two different things. When we're talking about, you got ten rules, and if you break them, you're screwed. <laughs> one of them, one of them, is more so based off of love your neighbor, love the people closest to you, and by the way, your your wife or your husband or your partner fits into your best friend group. Hopefully, for the love of God, <laughs> you know. But it covers it covers things in a more communal sense, where it's just like anybody close to you, don't fuck them over, don't ever fuck right. them over. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in an isolationist mentality, an isolationist country where it's just, you know, the um, the rugged individual of the U.S. and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, just don't screw around on your wife. Don't screw around on your husband. And that's it. You're good. You're golden. Fuck your best friend. Stab him in the back. Mm-hmm. Go and get an apology. You're fine. You know, whatever. You know, <laughs> like, it's okay. And that is current. So, like, it it just keeps going from there. but.
2: Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say you just described life in a nutshell real quick. I mean just, <laughs> you know, I'd walk out the door, there it is. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> so, all right. Well to to kind of get <laughs> to get to kind of get back on script a little bit. Um ah, what was I gonna ask? So Alright, so so tell tell us a little bit about how you go through and document, and and I understand, and and I feel like you've expressed this pretty well that like you know a lot of this is personal. Like you're going out there, you're just pursuing it. Like this is you are very, uh, uh, you know, driven towards the experience, towards the realization, towards 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 exploring these things. Um, when you do document your your hunts, right, your investigations like into these things what do you use how do you go about doing it and and why do you use these things i know you got a handful of gadgets
2: yeah um well i mean a lot of it has has cause see i i don't know I, I guess i'm kind of a nerd when it comes to history of like buildings and you know i i just love that kind of thing mm-hmm. and you know and especially if it's got a history of, of death on property and stuff like that you know i always start with with researching it you know why did this happen you know and most of the time you can't find an answer written down which is why another reason why i go into you know that's another reason why i do what i do because the answers are there it's just it depends on how you ask the question you know what i mean it, it's you know because uh, like i say it's not always written down and and that's basically the way I look at it when I go in and knowing it's a haunted location is I'm after answers or I want to hear what they have to say. You know, why did this happen? And, and it's, it's gone beyond scary, you know, for me. It, for me, it, it's the research, basically, I guess, I just is the main thing that draws me, you know, just why did it happen? When did it happen? You know, why are you still here? Yeah. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: what can I do to help you? You know, who who needs to hear whatever you have to say?
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, which is which is with the Indiana State Sanitarium. That's, <laughs> that's definitely got something that wants to be heard. And I, mm-hmm.
0: I had that up to ask you about. Please, please uh, tell us about the Indiana State. Sanitarium. It's it's one of the first things you and I connected on talking about. <laughs> and like,
2: well, yeah. As far as the answer on that one goes, I don't know it yet. I mean, okay. there's there's got to be something that I don't know or I'm not telling.
0: Well, tell us. Because, tell us a little about the a little bit about the history um, that you found out about it, and then if you could walk us into like well, your investigation of it. You know, like if you okay i
2: i had went back as far as the history goes on the on the property i had i what i found all the way back to like
0: 1870
2: damn was a yeah there's not a there's not a hell of a lot about indiana state sanitarium but prior to indiana state sanitarium it was a brewery um they sold it to I forget what the man's what the gentleman's name was, but they sold it to him in a 560 acre plot, and his purpose was to open a tuberculosis hospital. And in 1891, I think they actually opened it as a tuber- as a hospital, and it ran as a tuberculosis hospital until 1960 something, I think, and that was basically when they had You know, found the the cure for tuberculosis. So they, I I believe it set empty from 1960 something to 1978, 76. I don't remember exactly what the dates are. I and please don't quote me on the dates because I'm just going off memory now, Mm -hmm. because that was a year ago that I went there and investigated it. But um, they repurposed that property into a poor farm and basically a uh um nursing home into life care so i mean the the property has a rich history i mean on from tuberculosis to end-of-life care to insane asylum but there for the longest time it ran as a end-of-life care and an insane asylum both. And it was co ed. Imagine that. They had <clears throat> the. There's supposed to be 18 buildings on this property. When we were there, we were there from six o'clock in the afternoon or evening till six o'clock in the morning. We seen seven buildings. Seven what? That's how big.
0: Seven, seven buildings.
1: buildings. Damn. Yeah, Out of yeah, 18 Yeah, there's 18,
2: supposed to be 18 buildings on that property, and all we seen was seven that's how big this property Shit.
1: is holy moly
2: um, and it has tunnels connecting all the proper, all the buildings you know I, I did see some of the tunnels i didn't see much but i did see some of them um yeah, one building it was uh a dormitory basically because see you got to imagine when you when you came into and it was just a horrible feeling when you come through the gates of that place because mm. All the people that have came went in them gates and never came out. You can feel that
0: when you come in the mm-hmm. gates. When you, so I'm I'm outing myself as somebody that doesn't get these sensations. That's the, the questions earlier. <laughs> um, when you say a horrible feeling, um, is it in your stomach? Is it in your mind? Is it is it a pressure on the outside of your skin? Like what what, what is that?
2: Uh, to me, the best way I know how to explain it yeah. is like somebody reached up, through me from the bottom, and grabbed a hold of it and just yanked that shit down. Oof. You know, it's. Oh
0: wow! No. <laughs> so it's so it's like an <laughs> internal like pull.
2: Yeah. Okay. It just everything. It's you know it, it's like your favorite pet dying. You know oh, what I mean? Oh. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible because the, and ah. there's over. That's a terrible um, thinking,
3: feeling.
2: Yeah, it, it was. I mean, yeah. it just ominous. And you know, with it being with it being a, a poor farm,
3: yeah.
2: Back in the day, like in the 50s, uh a woman could mouth off because she didn't want to cook supper, yeah, and be dropped off and be in a ward of the state yeah. at that place, you know, just because she didn't want to cook supper.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, to go inside them gates and never come back out. Fuck. So, you know yeah it's just a horrible feeling so but uh there's over four thousand four thousand deaths on that property that is oh actually I'm, I'm sure there's more than that but that's yeah. what's just recorded
0: so you know so you're coming in through the gates and sorry i've i like i said i'm outing myself as somebody that doesn't experience these sensations so so i really am just like moment to moment, like, caught there with you. I'm like, okay, but what kind of feeling, <laughs> you know? Um, but, no, so,
2: I mean, that's fine. Just keep me in line. <laughs> I know about
0: you. No, um, I, know about you. I, I, hear, I hear, like, I hear, like, you, and I hear Selena, and I hear other folks just being like, yeah, it just feels bad. I'm like, yeah, but is it, like, a flu bad? Is it, you know, like, tell, bring me there, you know? So, so you come in through the gates, and this feeling hits you. You know, this horrible sense of dread with like the this pressure of everything just being pulled down on you from like the inside that's, that's right? the
2: way it felt me yes sir. and
0: yeah yeah this place is is full of super creepy tunnels half of which probably aren't even mapped out anymore um no. <laughs> you know um just tons of buildings right you were there for for 12 hours right yeah um this might be a silly question. Where'd you go first and why?
2: Uh, first place we went was um, the main housing building, which was, that's what I started to say earlier. That's why I said, keep me in line, because I bounce around a lot. You know, I start thinking about things and my mouth runs faster than my brain. But uh, the main housing building was a five-story building. That was actually built for the doctors and, and nurses when it was the um, tuberculosis hospital and into being the end of life care nursing home. It's five story building. Well, it had, where I live up here in Indian, in Indiana. I live in Porter County, Indiana. Well, in Laporte County was another mental hospital, and that one held the criminally insane patients. Okay well when they repurposed that into a end of life care home this one the hospital that's up here by me in Westville was outdated and dilapidated and you know really in disrepair so they needed somewhere to send these criminally insane patients and they closed this one down and shipped all of all of the patients from that hospital to Indiana State Sanitarium because it was you know, municipal owned, owned by the state. So, you know, why not? You know, and so then they repurposed it again, like I said, with uh, the end-of-life care and insane asylum or whatever, criminally insane. But the the way the building went, the further up you went, the worse the patients were. Mm -hmm. Top floor being criminally insane to, you know, on down. And they, they had, they eventually... Changed it to where second floor was women's, women's ward, the uh, third floor was the men's ward, you know, and so on. Um, but that was the first building we went into because um, the thing, the, when we went there, we were like the fourth or fifth people to actually investigate that place. Destination Fear had been there mm-hmm. before us. The, they were the last ones to be there before us. and just because there was there's just so much that wasn't available Mm -hmm. when last year you know honestly well actually December 14th is when it was we went but uh, there was so many meaning not enough people had investigated this place so there was not documentation
3: yeah,
2: of you know what actually was going on there and also what for public record, there was there was no public record of the place. Um, they said that the only thing I could find, and I spent like a week digging through public records trying to find, you know, just anything on it. Yeah. And the only thing I could find in public records was uh, it, it had to be court-ordered to be opened, you know. And you know as well as I do, a municipal-owned or ran facility. Has records upon records upon records. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's multiple multiple steps to. And I said it on the other podcast. You know, if they bought potatoes from Farmer John down the road, okay, there's a there's a requisition order, there's a purchase order, there's an invoice, there's you know, just on and on, man. There's nothing to be found. Well, it supposedly said it was all stored on site which I don't understand how that could be if it was state-ran. But there was a lot of records on site in that place, but they had set for so long, and there was no kind of filing system. They were in cardboard filing boxes. You know, there was rooms of them. And, of course, these buildings have set since 2007, I think. You know, they'd actually closed it down completely, or 2011, excuse me closed it in two thousand eleven where they just took the patients out and locked the doors.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, they didn't Yeah, there's still clothing in the dressers and personal effects in the rooms all through that place. Damn.
1: Oh my God, it's that's
2: terrible. Insane. I mean the lunch room, the main lunch lunch hall downstairs, they still have trays and shit on the tables. Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's like they just picked up and left right then. <laughs> wow. The place is intense. It really is. It really intense. But we we started in that five story building, mm-hmm. and it just barrel rolled from that building. You know, the night started out kind of okay. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of activity. You know, but nothing major. To holy shit, did that just happen? <laughs> you know, honestly, because it. It, the superintendent poem is the videos that I have that I had shared with you with that door. Um, that door opened and closed five times as I asked it to. Yeah. And there was no reason why it should have. Absolutely no reason. There was no wind to move it. You know, it, and it was an old solid door, an old wooden door with the, you know, glass panes, a bunch of glass panes yeah. all over the door. You know, when we first walked in there, I walked past that door and I was like, oh, you know, this would this door would be cool if I could get it to move or if it moved or something, you know. Well, I grabbed the door and it's like stuck because it's been sitting, been hanging in one spot forever, you know, in moisture because it's an out, it goes to the outside screen porch. So I kind of push it a little bit and it gets past that rusty spot and then it like kind of swings easy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not easy heavy door but it was stuck on that rusty spot so we go on you know and it set, set up a music box and um motion activated music box okay uh, if you're not familiar with that if something gets in front of it it starts playing mm-hmm. until something gets moves away from it to you know basically it breaks a beam on it and uh until it moves away the music box continues to play well, when I walked in there, walked into that house, I could feel something was there, mm-hmm. and I knew it was somewhere around that door. I didn't know exactly where, but I knew it was there. so I'm immediately on that door. I'm paying attention to that door, and I wasn't the only one because uh I was <clears throat> excuse me we were I was collaborating with p o b Paranormal, and they set down their music box in that doorway, mm-hmm. you know. And so, not five minutes after they set that music box down in that doorway, it starts going off and won't shut off. It just keeps going and going. Well, they're asking, you know, if you're near that music box, please step away from it. And it didn't. Well, I asked, I said, can you step away from that music box for me? And it, the music box shut off. Mm. I said, well, thank you for doing that. I said, can you can you make that music music box go back off again or you know make it make it work again as soon as I said it it started going on started playing again I said well thank you you know thank you for showing us showing us you're here I know you're here well as I'm saying that that door swings shut mm. <laughs> and I'm like okay now I know you're here you know I <laughs> knew you were here anyway but now now you're showing me so I walk over by the door, you know, and I'm standing there, I said, Can you open that door back up for me? You know, now that you showed me you're here, can you open that door back up for me? Yeah. And it took a second or so, but after I said that, that door swings back open. And POV, I've never seen two big men jump. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing either one of them. No. They're actually, good they're really good people. <laughs> Brian and Ernie are good people. But, uh, well, now that door opens and shuts like two or three more times. And in the meantime, something in the back of the house, like a tree limb or something, smacks a window. Mm. Well, there's no trees around the house. So, that you know, there's a little
0: difficult for a tree to smack it, a window. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. That's what it sounded like is a tree branch smacked the window or something. And that's when. Brian and Ernie jumped, and like that's why I said it was kind of kind of comical. To see, two mm-hmm. big men jump that, they jump that far. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I so can't thereby, blame them. I, well, it, I mean, it startled me, but it didn't. It didn't. I was more enthused with that door. Yeah, because the door was moving as I asked it to. Well, I had set a voice recorder down in the base of the door in the doorway, and. While they're back there trying to figure out what had hit the window, mm-hmm.
0: I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to check this voice recorder.
3: Shut up! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it sounded like a small dog was barking in the back of- <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Multiple small dogs. <laughs> so I've been down and picked that voice recorder up, you know, and I'm, I'm playing with a voice, voice recorder trying to rewind it. Shut up! Sweet Pete. Dude. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I'm playing for that voice recorder, rewinding it. And as I'm bent down picking that messing with that voice recorder, that door slams shut. Damn near I mean, damn near it hits me in the head.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, knocks my head off all kinds of shit. And Brian and Ernie come running back in the room. What happened? What happened? I said, "Well, they tried to tried to knock me out." <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my god! I gosh. think I shared with you. Yeah, shared too. But yeah, that that was kind of intense. That and that door did that five times total, open and shut as I asked it to. And by the besides, way, I take my head off.
0: To give a shout out, um, uh, at Grave Evidence right uh on TikTok you can go find the video it is there there's a lot of these stories a lot of these things what's that TikTok and Instagram yeah. both TikTok and oh, Instagram yeah. although you have a lot of awesome videos on TikTok I will say <laughs> um and I have noticed that you've done a bunch of TikTok lives too so if you really want to keep up with it if Congress doesn't pass this bill coming up where they're going to ban it then uh, yeah, and they're trying to make a move on it again. We'll see how that goes. Um, but but yeah, um, but sorry, didn't didn't mean to interrupt too much. I just wanted to plug plug your channel real quick.
2: No, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I didn't know you. I didn't know you could find all that on there about how going live and whatnot goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, I will say um, for for a holiday, for a birthday, or something, I'm getting you a battery pack. I, I can't help but notice almost every time you're in the middle of some heated moment, recording your battery's at like twelve percent, and it that scares me more than the ghosts. Like you need to get this recorded, <laughs> man. like I'm getting you a battery pack.
2: <laughs> well, that, you're you're referring to at Indiana State Sanitarium, yeah. right? Yeah yeah well, you know, and what was funny about that is I do have I had a battery pack. you, know, you buy them at like Walmart or you know and yeah, it'll charge four times off of off of one you know one charge on the pack. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had that plugged into my phone the whole time, and my phone just kept going lower and lower. Jeez. you know, and i I changed the cord, thinking, okay, maybe the cord's bad, it's not letting it charge the phone because nope. the battery pack's going full. But my phone's still dying. Yeah. And I'm thinking, the hell is going on with this? Um, well, that was, I went through, I bet, eight battery packs that night.
0: Damn.
2: Whatever was there was just eating them up. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they were half an hour, they were dead. <laughs> you know? so,
0: so do you ever use um, uh, any type of, like, thermal? Like tracking any type of thermal devices, um. So it it made me wonder, what um, with the music box, right? Um, what type of beam is that projecting, and what type of um, of I don't know uh, uh goggles or or um cameras or something can use in order to see beams like that. Because like that, that's what immediately fascinated me when you said that. And I know the music boxes are very commonly used. And I was wondering about if you could get a, a sort of camera or something um, that could actually see the beam get broken, right? Almost like a picture in old James Bond film where you're, you know, trying to get past the lasers kind of thing, right? So any of these things, any of these beams are on a spectrum somewhere, like. Okay, but. Do you use any type of equipment that is catching things on that spectrum that can watch that sort of situation?
2: I do have, I do have a flare camera. Okay. You know, which isn't which it? Is which is the heat signature? Yeah. Style camera. Yeah. You know, it shows shows cold uh, drops in temperature, mm-hmm. or you know, raises or. Uh, see, I'm not saying it right, but you know what I'm saying. The
0: forward-looking infrared. Spice-
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It shows spikes in temperatures and drops in temperatures. Um, I do have one of those, uh, which I didn't didn't have at that time when we were at Indiana State Sanitarium, but I did. I ended up getting that when we went to um Post Town Elementary School in Ohio.
0: Okay.
2: Which that was another exciting place. If
0: if you'll tell us, we'd love to hear. Please just. Give us the stories, my man. (laughs) I'd love to hear if if you got any. Oh yeah, Uh,
2: Post Town. Post Town.
0: We had been there three times. Post Town was Sweet Pea's favorite. (laughs) Sweet Pea's favorite was Post
3: Town.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's my I have a
1: lot of opinions.
2: Yeah, she does too. (laughs) Sweet Peas is the wrong name for her.
1: (laughs) Sour apple.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) She's old now. She's she's fourteen years old. So she's she's allowed to be grumpy. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. like, don't
0: talk down to your elders. She earned it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Post Town elementary, it's in uh, Middletown, Ohio. okay. Um, the building was I don't know exact dates, but I know back to 1899 there was two train wrecks in on the train tracks behind the property. Jesus. And at that time there was six one-room schoolhouses on that property. And uh, there was a freight train and a passenger train mm-hmm. head on right directly behind the school. So you know there was casualties. Yeah. And with it being where it's at in Middleton, Ohio, there was no hospital. So they used the schoolhouses for like a pre op basically until till they could get they actually had to move the people out of there by train to a to the nearest hospital. But of course they had a mess to clean first because they had freight train and the passenger train collide. And again in 19, I think it was 1910, 1899 and 1910, they had the exact same accident in the exact same place on the same tracks behind the schoolhouse.
0: Whoever's working those tracks needs to be fired. I don't say that often. (laughs) They are fucking up. Um, Sorry, go ahead.
2: But anyway, the... As it said, I don't know for a fact because I've not seen any kind of paperwork. But supposedly the schoolhouses were built on Native American land, um, so that gives a little bit of a background on why the property is actually haunted. Because there is no documented documented death in the in the building, but the schoolhouse is definitely haunted. <laughs> it definitely is haunted. Um, there's a what they say of of a little... it's Like I say, there's no documented deaths in the building. The six one-room schoolhouses, I know I'm bouncing around, but I'm trying to get a little bit of background on it. They tore down all but one of the six one-room schoolhouses. One of them is still standing and is now a church. Mm -hmm. But they built this newer school, which is Post Town Elementary that I'm talking about. And I don't know the dates it ran. I think it was 2007 they closed that place down because it was basically outdated, and they built a new school in that town. Well, this man, Daryl, bought the building, and that's when he realized that it was haunted because it's actually been on uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera where he has been yanked out of bed. Um, There's one room, it's room 109, the door on 109. You cannot open that door. It, you can't turn the handle. It you just will not turn. When that door opens on its own, something happens to Daryl. Daryl gets attacked. Daryl is the one is the person that owns the place. Him and his wife live in the building. Um, he uh, had utilized like I don't know, probably 15, 12, 15 classrooms and made his home in them. Um, well, the rest of the building is still all free range for investigating. Um, and this room 109, I am i don't know what the room actually was purposed as. I would imagine it was a music room. The way it looks, I don't know. Because it's two rooms together, 108 and 109 are together. Now, I don't know if they tore the wall down or what. But um, like I say, that room, that door, though, 109, Will not open. You cannot get that door open. I don't care what you do. I tried. Honestly tried. I went on the inside, tried to get the door open. I yanked on it on the outside and it just won't open. But when, and he's got it on video to where when it, when it does open, mm-hmm. just out of the blue, that door will open up, swing open. And when that happens, that night he gets attacked. Um, as a matter of fact, Jack Osborne, Portals from Hell has actually investigated that building, or I don't know if he's investigated it, but I know he was involved in something about it because uh, Daryl couldn't release any of that video until Jack Osborne had seen it or had been there or whatever. Um, but yeah, that place is definitely got something going on with it. Um, there's a said to be a little girl named Sarah there. Mm -hmm. Um, on the third floor, there's in the back of the building there's a stairwell that goes up three stories. It's actually two stories, but the the main floor with the cafeteria and the gymnasium is like half underground. So this stair goes all the way up to the top, and uh, supposedly, and there is there's no documentation on this other than just hearsay about this little girl. But I will, I'll tell you something about that in a minute. But supposedly they were horse playing and she got pushed over the top rail no. of the top and fell all the way to the bottom. Well, from what it said, it is she didn't die from her injuries at the school. She died three days later at home from the injuries. Okay. It is, it's, and Daryl, the guy that owns the place, because, like I said, there's no documentation about this. He's the one that that named her Sarah.
3: Mm.
2: I mean, Daryl Daryl has gifts. I guarantee he does. You know, and I don't know exactly how he got that name, but that's the name he gave her. Okay, we were there. I've been there three times, three different times, and investigated it. Well, uh, one time I was there, and I come down the stairs from the up top. And we were going to put up uh, static cameras, you know, had a full spectrum light and a couple static cameras. We were going to put up there because there has been, you know, there's a ball, a couple balls down there at the bottom, you know, and and there has been people say that you know they'll play, Sarah will play with the ball, move the ball around or whatever. Um, well, we had, we were coming down the stairs and I felt felt that something was there. You know, I didn't know exactly what. It was heavy. You know, whatever was there was just like heavy. It was on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was just holding me. You know what I mean? It's it's like it was wrapped around me. And as I got towards the bottom of the stair, out of the corner of my eye, I see a little girl standing there down on, on the landing. Get down, peanut. But... I see this little yeah, peanuts got to jump up on me. He thinks because I got my hand over there, you know, I'm talking with my hand. And, <laughs> but anyway, I, I see this little little girl standing there, and I and as I see it through the, in my peripheral, I turn to look at it, and I get just that much of a glance of her, and she's gone. She just disappeared. But I seen enough to know that she had. They say she had brown hair. I think she had red hair. She had freckles, she had a white dress, black buckle shoes. I've seen that much of her, Damn. you know? So whatever's there is, is, is definitely, I don't know though. I, 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 feel to me that that is a spirit masking, to be honest with you though, because I don't think that's actually the spirit of that little girl. That's mm-hmm. not the way, but, but anyway, you can tell by
1: the way it feels.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it was, that's why I said it felt like it was masking. Um, I'm not going to say it was a negative feel, but it was borderline negative. You know, it, it could could be very negative is what it felt, you know. And, and I'm not going to say demonic because I, I don't believe that. I mean, you know, not every, very rare do you come across a demonic spirit very rare. You know, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's very rare. You know, and the reason why I say this is because I believe if you're an asshole in life, mm-hmm. you're an asshole in death. Yeah.
0: So I believe we were at a point where you're talking about how how the spirit itself might have been masking. How it might not have been this little girl um Sarah. It did, like you know, the the vibes didn't meet the apparition. Right, like it was just like, mm, pretty sure you just have a zipper back here, and you're, you know, no. about to, <laughs> like, uh, so could you, mm-hmm. you, you, uh, yeah. just trying to keep in mind, like, listeners might not be familiar with the terminology, might not have had these types of experiences, might be a brickhead like me and not sensitive to these sorts of things. Um, you dropped it like this is a like yeah you know it might have just been yada 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 like kind of thing but to me i'm sitting over here like that's fascinating hold on a second what you know um like is is this a common thing does this come up a lot like and like you said like probably wasn't demonic you know in in your opinion uh demonic can be quite rare You, you know you said you're like yeah i'm not saying it doesn't exist i just think it's like you know out there it's like it's not super common so so with um i I don't know how to phrase this with with regular ghosts if we could use such a phrase right (laughs) average ghosts, average apparitions uh residual hauntings energies things like this um there can be an intentionality and it can be common for them to have an intentionality to mask themselves between their appearance and their i guess you would say their intention like what? What? What's that about?
2: Well, I mean, as far as most often, I in in my belief, I, I I would say it this way: um, they're they're there because of the trauma, the way they were taken, or unfinished business, you know, and the ones that you will actually get in contact with are ones that you ones that will. I don't know. I um, see, I don't know how to really praise this. In my experience with it, there's there's a story to be told, Mm -hmm. or they don't realize that you know that they've actually passed. They're just stuck and don't understand what's going on. You know, Um, well, I mean, a lot of you will see a lot of them being masked. You know, because they say. That's and I I believe that's the reason why you don't see them in their death state, because they're basically masked. They go back to a happier time in their life, you know, or happier moment, or you know. So most often they are masked, you know. I mean, but as far as the basically the assholes, they're definitely masked, you know, because they they want to come across as yeah I'm you know I'm. I'm this little kid, you know. Come, come, yeah, interact yeah. with me. So much you know, like I can throw something in, at you. and they're alive. <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, very much no, Very much. That's why say, you know, I say, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think. I'm not going to say that you don't run across the, a demonic spirit. Uh, spirit. A lot of a lot of that comes within mm. yourself. It's you know to begin with your intent. You go in somewhere pissed off because you spent mm. however much on gas just to get there. Okay, now you're you're drawing negative. Okay, if you yeah. refute that negative, you're not going to draw that type of energy. You know you your intent means everything. You know if you go in with just the attitude that. Okay, I'm going to, you know, this chair is going to move, you know, that's, that's also negative, you know, because then you're expecting basically yeah. what I'm, what I'm getting at is, yeah. you know, how many times can you poke a dog in a corner before it's out biting? You know, that's pretty much what I mean by that, you know, um, your intent itself gotcha. has a lot to do with what you
0: It, it does. Receive.
2: It does. Um, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: well,
2: cause I have this like a little ritual type thing I do before I before I go out investigating. I, you know, I take an Epsom salt bath and walk barefooted in the grass. You know, the ground, and because you have to, you have to do that every once in a while to get <laughs> all the stress of going to Walmart yeah. and idiots standing in the way and won't move. You know, and... <laughs> yeah, I get, I get road rage in
0: Walmart. 14 people ran over in an aisle at an undisclosed Walmart in Indiana today. Um, no, no. Something really interesting to me, the, this, this thing about masking. I'm going to be stuck on this for a while, about masking uh, folks uh, or apparitions, energies being in their death state, right? Um, it implies a certain level of awareness of their state right and and that that's a that's an interesting um that's an interesting point to me because it's not just that they're aware enough of their state that they mask right as as the the phrase would imply right um but they're also not accepting of it so so it implies a conscious uh decision making process a learning process so uh, I'm totally going out here on a limb. I don't know if this is something that's super common in in the the paranormal investigation community or not. But how often do we do we talk about uh, ghosts learning?
2: Oh, it's. I mean, it's as far as my standpoint. That's that's every time you go out. You know, I mean, because basically, if they if there is a energy with the um see i'm trying to word this right if they can move a chair or if they can move a door that proves that there is a a working mind you know what i mean to me it proves that there's a working mind there and so that's where um shit i don't know how to how to point make that point right um They say it's a learning process anyway, to be able to to manifest themselves.
3: Yeah. Is just, you know. In itself. Yeah.
2: You know, because residual residual energy is something that's just over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. It's just a recording. And you know, and it's not gonna be like a door moving or something. You know, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be a memory, you know. Uh, ah, shit. I I am like my words are gone.
0: No, no, no. All good. And that this this kind of leads me to I guess like one of my one of my last questions here. But I, I'm always curious about modern hauntings, right? But but I want to put this in. I I want to give a caveat here. So the the cycles of acceptance between an imprinting of a trauma a traumatic event a major catastrophe something horrific you know a lot of lives souls were lost things like that and the signs of a residual energy or haunting taking place something specific and and uh and 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 i'm going to say this um no disrespect to to anyone who who's uh experienced or you know have somehow been affected by but like mass shootings right mass shootings in movie theaters in schools yes. right uh please you know just turn on the news we'll see it you know right um every single night um well the, you, a train wreck <laughs> you know like outside of a school and this and that and the other the 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 sanitarium that this and that and the other like these were all incredibly traumatic events. Some of them burned over a slow period of time. Some of them were immediate, uh, you know, a fire in a movie theater back in the 1900s or the, the Titanic or, you know, uh, they're always incredibly traumatic and they touch the lives of those uh, connected to them. But a major question I have is um, this cycle, that, that there has to be some sort of process with a distinct beginning. Right? And a distinct end. Of, of when hauntings start. I, I know there's an end, because I've never heard somebody talk about uh, the ghost of a caveman walking around. Straight up never heard about that, you know? Like, never heard about that happening. Um, and it's always tied to an era, it's always tied to to a certain style of clothing, a certain style of dress, a certain style of behavior, uh, a perfume, right? You know, like these things of an era, of a decade, of a, of a century or whatever, and, and I'm wondering when does it start? When is too soon, right? And when is too late in this process? Right. I don't know. Um, I, I I just I just wanted to pick your brains about like what are your what are your thoughts about that? When when do these movie theater when does the Aurora shooting, right? When does that theater become haunted if it does? Right? Because right. dear lord, that was traumatic. And it and if we're and if we're viewing uh the I guess the, the christening of a haunted location in terms of trauma very traumatic. you know um, when, when does it start right? I, at least in your experience, what are your thoughts on these things?
2: Well, my, my belief with that is I would say as soon as the soul left left the body, okay. that would I mean that's just my belief. I, I don't have anything to back that up other than you know personal experience yeah. or whatever. And as far as I, I wanted to touch on what you were talking about, with you never see a caveman, you never hear about a caveman's spirit. Um, yeah. And I believe the reason why you you never hear about that is because this was, they they were back before society had standards. You know, they okay. were still innocent. They were un, untaught that this is how this is supposed to be and this is not real. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion, okay. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, believe that as soon as the soul leaves the body, that's when you're apt to have a haunting, you know, be it traumatic, like you're saying, especially if it's traumatic, you know, because it's like getting yanked out because yeah. well, the, with, with that, I, a little bit of a, a little bit of a story, um, about six years ago, I was cleaning a, cleaning a garage out. Because we were going to tear it down And it was a 14 by 17 foot garage 14 foot wide, 17 foot deep mm-hmm. Well on the back wall There was a bunch of shit stacked up yeah. And I moved all of it away from the wall And little did I know That that's actually what was holding that garage up Ooh. So I'm inside that garage And as I move the shit away from the wall The garage folds up like a house of cards on me okay. I had to be dug out Holy I had to be dug out under that thing, yeah. um, and in the meantime, with this is just what what I experienced with it, because it was like I I watched the walls coming at me, mm-hmm. and then it was like somebody just snatched me out of it. But I was still there. I was still I was under the wall. Yeah. I had to be dug out from under the walls, but in the meantime. I was kind of in a in between type thing, you know, there wasn't no bright light, but I was above watching them dig me out, you know, no. so I get where there could be confusion, you know, of going not going to the light, not crossing over to, to yeah. say, I mean, because I, I do remember looking around and seeing nothing but black. Yeah, But when I looked back down I was watching in color And it stayed that way until they got To me, until they uncovered Me and then I was slammed right back Into my body And it was like the pain just Was intense I had nothing while I was watching But as soon as they got As soon as I seen them uncover Me and I got slammed back in my body It was like I got ran over by a truck It actually broke My stomach, broke my back and broke three ribs and punctured a lung.
1: That's awful. When was this? How old were you? Uh
2: six years ago. So wow. Forty I guess forty eight. When that happened because I'm fifty four now. Hey, look
0: at you now.
2: I I still get around. You know? <laughs> I heard heard of-
1: and I think I think your theory makes sense because um, like with your story earlier, like your cousin showing up like immediately and being like, hello, let me tell you what happened. Like the amount of times that you hear stories from people saying like, you know, I woke up because they showed up in a dream and I got up to get water and my mom was sitting there and she just found out that they got into a car accident and died. You know, and, like, stuff like that, like, it makes sense for, like, once the soul leaves the body, for there to be, like, you know, that's where it disconnects and that's where it becomes its own thing.
2: Right, like he was talking about there with it being a learning experience, because I I believe that they have to learn how to do that, how to connect to you, you know, they have to Mm -hmm. learn how to use the energy to, they have to learn where to even get the energy to begin with. You know what I mean yeah. mm-hmm. you know and that's why they say they feed off of fear because that's that's when the most energy is present is when when somebody's scared because you got to figure your heart your heart's beating you know yeah mm-hmm. about mile an hour and any mm-hmm. you know it's like if you go back to an atom you heat an atom and it's moving that's energy you yeah. know it's moving faster that's that's energy so that's basically what your heart's doing too is you know Creating energy, and if you're scared, that's that's exactly what's what's going on. You know, your pulse is up, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I I know that's kind of a a you know a <laughs> rattle, but that's no, just the yeah. way I, the way I perceive it. I guess you would say.
0: No, it's it, it's absolutely it's absolutely great in in my opinion. These are, these are like honest questions I have like around around this is like, what, what does this cycle look like? Right. Like there, there's a lot of, um, focus on, you know, like helping them move towards the light, helping them move on, uh, the the sense of closure, the sense of, you know, like completing whatever needed to happen, telling their story as you spoke of earlier. Right. Um, but when did this, this out of body consciousness, this energy with, with the consciousness, with, with thoughts, uh, realize that that was its next step, was that it needed to feel the sense of closure, that, that it needed its story told, that it, that it had these feelings, when did, when did that happen? And, and the questions around it, um, thinking, learning, and intentionally um, uh, 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 deceiving in certain situations, in certain instances with, with things like masking, its, its appearance, you know? So, so we really have to look at it in, in terms of a conscious entity right? With personality, with thoughts, with ambition, right? Which we have to view it in the sense of ambition. If it's like, no, I need this to happen. I want this to happen. I'm going to motivate the, the people that come in, 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 in my zone of operations, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to try to get them to see me for this end, right? So I am going to move the table sometimes. I am going to move the door Sometimes I am going to try to knock the hat off of Ron. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like when does this happen and what is that like? And when does it end? Right. And I don't know that that shit fascinates the hell out of me. Like, I, I can't, right. I I... Well, you
2: know, I, I, I can't say that I've not helped any, helped them cross. I mean, yeah. I've always given them the option, I've always get showed them the love to. Yeah to understand that you know it, you're you're good to go if you want to go you know and that's all you've got to do
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know and i think a lot of it a lot of it is they don't they're preoccupied with whatever the hell you know whatever story they had to tell or whatever the hell they were supposed to do tomorrow that you know and, the, and, and, and it really makes sense to because the way society is nowadays there are so you know got to do this got to do that got to do this you know and they're not really thinking about themselves anymore you know if that makes any sense i mean but i i don't know i always try and guide guide them to the light if that's what they want to do mm-hmm. you know i always give them the option anyway you know yeah. and i think that's the reason why the why it doesn't scare me anymore you know mm-hmm. to have like the door shut in front of me or a chair move or something fly across the room. That doesn't, I mean, yeah, it'll make my hair stand up, but it doesn't scare me. You know, yeah. I'm more afraid of living than I am dead. There mm-hmm. we go. I promise that.
0: There we go. Well, you know? well Ron, uh, if someone lives near uh, or in Indiana, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? If, if they're like, hey, Got this spot. Really needs to be investigated. <laughs> you know. What would be the best way for someone to reach out to you?
2: Send me a message on, on Instagram or TikTok. I mean, or even my, my email. I, I don't know. I mean
0: Yeah. It's Brave all grave evidence. All,
2: all grave evidence. Grave evidence. Hell yeah. Hell and I'd no. be more than more than happy to try and try and help them out in any way that I can. I mean that would be I would be tickled to death to be able to do that. <laughs>
0: All right, so it's uh grave evidence at gmail.com, grave evidence on TikTok, and grave evidence on Instagram, and I can assure you Ron is one of the most personable people that you'll ever reach out to online. Super easy to chat with. Like don't hesitate if you have a hot lead, a hot investigation. The next, the next filming of Poltergeist, right, like, hit him up. <laughs> Ron will be there with uh, Peanut and Sweet Pea running back up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but, but, Ron, the real heroes. they'll be carrying all your gear. <laughs> yes, gear dogs. But, Ron, seriously, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, my man, thank you so, so, so much for, for coming on tonight and joining us for this week's episode. Thank,
2: thank you for having me. I really appreciate it it was really
0: nice meeting all
1: thank you, thank you. Nice it was really nice meeting you nice meeting you Ron Hell yeah. and
0: sweet, sweet Pea and Peanut, peanut. Sweet Pea and yes. Peanut and the next three dogs and all the, all the babies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> executive producers thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our interview with Ron from Grave Evidence his stories are amazing and crazy Keep an eye out for our Instagram page and our updates as we're getting close to our merch page being up. We'll have some cozy hoodies and some awesome t-shirts. And always remember to like, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week on the other side.